0: So if I was a doctor, I was diagnosing you, here's your diagnosis, you don't think you're enough, and here's your prescription. I want you to say it every day in the shower, I'm enough. You say that over and over and over again.
1: Here we go. And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs, and we are picking up right where we left off with Lisa Nichols on Wednesday's episode and finishing off this week's topic, which is self-love. So just a little bit about our future speaker before we jump into today's episode. She is a well-respected therapist with over 30 years of experience She's a best-selling author of five books and the creator of Rapid Transformational Therapy. And she's here today to talk about three important words that can transform your life. Here's Marissa Peer. Enjoy.
0: So I'm working on this show in England and I'm taking Celebrities Are Very Fat and I'm making them thin. And of course, weight is an interesting thing. Do you know that 98% of diets fail? 2% 2% succeed. And so some of these celebrities, we gave them everything, dietitians, exercise machines, lose a little bit of weight, and then they'd have a pizza to celebrate. After every weigh-in, they'd order ice cream. It's like, no, 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 guys, you've got to make this new behavior familiar. You can't celebrate with Ben and Jerry's. Anyway, the show is very good, and it got sold to America, and I got sold to America. Very exciting. So I've gone to L.A., and my producers called me and went, I really need your help. We, one of our major celebrities, because in America they were bigger in terms of stars and they were bigger in terms of weight too, he said, he's having a meltdown. We're really worried he's going to walk off the show. If he walks off the show, we're kind of screwed. So go to his house today and do whatever you can, keep him on the show. I'm like, I'll go now. He's like, uh, what kind of car have you got? I'm like, I've got a Mustang, you rented it for me, thank you. He's like, okay... You cannot put that Mustang outside his house. You can only have a Porsche or a Ferrari or a Jaguar outside this house. So don't even put it on the street. That will wind him up. Put it around the corner. So I'm driving along to Beverly Hills. in my, I thought, very cool Mustang. And I turn up at this, like, massive, extraordinarily stunning house. I knock on the door. He lets me in. He says, um... I don't know why the sense I'm Brit here to sort me out. You know, I've been in every rehab. I've been everywhere, I've seen every therapist. No one can help me. I'm like, let me see what I can do. And then he said to me, you have the look of my third wife. Something about you reminds me. She was such a disappointment to me. <laughs> so I'm like, this is an amazing house. Wow, we went, I hate this house. I'm leaving and I hate my neighbours. I'm moving. So I'm like, Okay. And then I noticed he has a BAFTA. And I'm like, you have a BAFTA? He went, do you know what a curse it is to get a BAFTA? Every time I make a film, I'm expected to get another BAFTA. So I'm like, you know what? I know what's wrong with you. He's like, really? What, what? I said, you just don't think you're enough, do you? Oh, wait, this is already up for you. You do not think that you are enough. And considering how cranky he was, his big tears started to leak out of his eyes. He said, do you think that's true? And I'm like come on, I know it's true, and so do you. I mean, look, you can't have a car on your drive unless it's a Porsche. You've had four ex-wives, they've all disappointed you. Your BAFTA is a curse, and you don't like this amazing house. But anyway, look, tell me about your life. So he's now quite mellow and he's telling me his life he's raised in a trailer park they have no money his dad's a construction worker when he can get work the mum works at a night nurse for more money and they're pretty much dirt poor and because the mum's working nights every day he cooks his dad a construction workers dinner of meat vegetables potatoes and he has this weird stuff I've never heard of called saps which is milk soaked in bread and I'm like did your dad ever share his food? He went, are you kidding? He would share that with a dog before he even gave me his leftovers. I'm like, well, there it is. If your own father doesn't like you, if you don't even get the same food that you cook, from, if he prefers the dog to you... None of your needs are met. Now, children must idealize their parents. That is a fact. You have to idealize your parents. And when your parents are wrong, you can't ever get that. So you think, I'm wrong. So what you've done is very common. I'm not enough. That's why my parents treat me like this. I'm going to get better, and then they'll be great. And that is the driver that has made you extraordinarily famous and successful. But guess what? You still think you're not enough. And all this stuff is never going to help you because you don't feel enough. So if I was a doctor, I was diagnosing you, here's your diagnosis, you don't think you're enough, and here's your prescription. I want you to say it every day in the shower, I'm enough. What else are you going to say in there? Oh, I love the smell of this Joe Malone shampoo. I'm enough. You say that over and over and over again. So he's quite up for it. So you've gone round his house and I've written on all his mirrors in big lips. He's got a lot of lipstick with four ex-wives. I'm enough. <laughs> I've written, I said, sort of just say it, say it, say it, think it. So I've written it and I've taken his phone and I've put it on his phone alerts every morning, every night. It pings with, I am enough. Anyway, he stayed on the set, and we've done a little bit of work, and then I've had to come back to London because I'm doing both shows, um, six weeks here, six weeks there. Six weeks later, I'm back on my set, and I'm going onto the studio. I'm on the lot, and I'm walking to the recording studio, and I see someone only about as far away as you. And when I see him, and he sees me, starts to undo his trousers. Then he undoes his shirt, and I'm like, is this guy really going to flash me on a lot in L.A.? And where is security? And then I realised it's him. And when I get closer, he went, look at me. I have lost so much weight. Look how flat my stomach is. He said, I never would have believed that those three words could change my life. I went, well, they do that. They changed my life. That's why I teach this stuff. He went, no, but no, but guess what? I've sold the Porsche. He goes, I've got a mini. Now I'm not a fat, cranky bastard. I don't need that Porsche. And guess what else? I've just started to date a hairdresser. He said, All my girlfriends have been models and actresses. He said, I'm having a normal life. He said, It's like amazing. So I stayed in touch with him. And a couple of years ago, he called me and went, Guess where I am? I'm like, Tell me. He said, I'm fishing in Iceland. And guess what else? I'm happy. So I've never been happy in my life. I've just got a normal life. And I'm so happy. So I'm back in England, and a psychiatrist calls me, because I do very unusual work. Occasionally, when psychiatrists can't get anywhere, they send me their clients. And this psychiatrist said, look, we've got this girl she's tried to kill herself, she's, she's been sectioned, I don't know what to do with her, I'm so scared she's going to jump out of a window, can you come and see what you can do? So I'm like, sure, I've worked with him a lot, so I've gone to this hospital, and I've read her notes, and I, I understand what's going on, her mother killed herself when she was young, she found her mother, she's a city trader earning three million sterling a year, she's a compulsive shopper, and she's just tried to jump under a train, so I've gone into her room, and I've said do you know what's wrong with you? She went, oh, yes, I have manic depression, I'm bipolar, I'm a compulsive shopper, and I'm a hoarder. I'm like, you don't think you're enough. I said, all this other stuff, your mum tried to kill herself, well, did kill herself, and you found her, and any child going through that would think the same thought. If I was enough, how would my mum do that? I couldn't, I wasn't even enough for my mum to live, or not even to kill herself where I didn't find her. And all this shopping is just filler for the fact that you don't think you're enough. And I said, I want to help you. She said, well, I'm going to kill myself. It's not if, it's when. I'm like, well, okay. But before you do that, how about you just have a month of saying, and they're not letting you out of here anyway. So how about just saying I'm enough? They're not letting you near any windows. So you're going to be locked in this room for a while but how about just doing it so I did the same thing took her phone put on it I'm enough and it goes off every morning every night wrote it on her mirror because she was so very fragile I made her a recording I hypnotized her. I sat next to her and I just said in her ear over and over again you are enough you are enough I made her say it back because she's so fragile i start to text her every day saying you're enough and she starts to text me back i am enough and this girl had such a phenomenal transformation she gave up her job she started a charity for depressed people and this tv station's got her story and she's going to be on the tv and they said can you come on as well because you helped her I'm okay so i've gone on the tv this is not about me The show it's about her But at one stage, the anchor man looked at me and went, but what did you do? What did you do that no one else did? And I kind of took a bit of a breath. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to think this is really woo-woo, really LA. I went, well, I told her she was enough. I made her a recording to listen to every day. I wrote it on her hand. I wrote it on her mirror. And I waited for him to roll his eyes. And he went, oh, my God, I love that. I'm going to go home. And I'm going to write that on my mirror. And I think all our viewers will love that. And then what's really interesting is I've got it going on in my house. So my daughter is an artist and she sold, in her first showing, she sold two thirds of all her work in one night. And then it stopped and she went, oh, mummy, you know... Uh, It's so hard being an artist. I just don't think I can do this anymore because people aren't buying my work. And I'm like, well, you know, baby, you have picked a career with a lot of rejection and you've got to learn that they're not rejecting you because you've actually made your art really edgy and dark. It used to be really pretty... And maybe people don't like that. But let me help you out. You mustn't let rejection in. They're not rejecting you. So I've written on her mirror, I'm enough, in her bedroom, in her studio next to me, in her bathroom. She said, oh, mum, that is so lame. I am not having that on my walls because all my friends are going to laugh at me. And I'm like, well, you know, baby, you can take it off any you like. But how about just leaving it for a little while? So I've gone back to the States. I've come back. I've run upstairs And there's my daughter painting, 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 and it's still up. It's on all her walls. And I'm like, oh, you didn't take it down? She went, you know, Mom, I was going to, but all my friends went home and wrote it on their wall. And my boyfriend wrote it on his wall, and this is mine, but this is the link. I'll come back to this later. Here she is. And I put it on my Facebook page, and it got so many likes, so I left it up there. (laughs) It's still up there now. So now I've got this plumber in my house, and he's going, what's all that on your wall? What, what is that? I'm enough? And I went, well, you know, it's my little philosophy. Changing the world is a big ask, but I want to change people. And the way to change them is by making them feel they're enough. And so he went, my son, he said he's so angry all the time. He said he's a bit of a nerd. He hasn't got any friends, and I don't know what to do. Shall I go home and write that on his mirror? I'm like, no, because you are a dorky, stupid dad. Never do that write it on your fridge in big fridge magnets and write it on your bathroom toilet mirror downstairs, or if you have a hall write it there anyway 12 years days 12 days later he's back with my plumbing part I've never had a plumber more keen to get back into my house he's not going to rip me off and doesn't even go and he said, oh my god he said that's like so weird he said he's still a nerd but he's a happy nerd he's joined some nerdy club and he's got some nerdy friends and He's not angry, he said, but even more weird. My wife is going through the menopause, was so sad. She says that every day. He said, now it was that I want to write it on the mirror of every bathroom I'm working and I'm like, no, no, you really can't do that yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> so, this I'm enough, it really changes people. So, as a lot of you in this room, you're interesting people. Creative people are very, very suggestible. It's a huge gift when you understand that if you're creative, you suggest whatever you tell your mind, it believes. And unfortunately, a lot of my clients are rather like the Philip Seymour Hoffmans, the Heath Ledgers, the Robin Williams of the world, that think they're not enough and give themselves really, really bad suggestions. So I'm sure some of you are going, hey, Marissa, I'm way ahead of you. I I have known this for 10 years. I know I'm enough. I don't need this stuff, which is great. What about your children, your wives, your husbands, your staff, your friends, your family—they really need this stuff. So last month, I got this very interesting job. Condé Nast said, "Fly to Paris. We want you to speak to the um, editor of every single Vogue and every Vogue Traveller and all our magazines about um, why magazines aren't selling." It's like, oh, that's not really my remit, but hey, whatever. So I've got on Eurostar, gone to Paris, and I'm going to tell them the truth. Do you know why magazines don't sell? because you make women feel they're not enough. And while fashion is all wonderful and lovely, and I'm the first one to go, I love my Prada handbag. You could do so much more by meeting someone's emotional needs. So anyway, they're in the room, I'm giving my talk. I'm not quite sure how they're going to go for it. But um, what's happening is, oh, I'll come back to this in a minute. As I'm putting up my slides, they're all getting out their cameras and they're all taking pictures. And I'm telling them this story. I gave a talk for Ernst & Young. And when I finished, I said, any questions? They went, yes. Could you come back and give another talk as soon as possible? I'm like, sure. So I've gone back and this woman has run up and went, oh my God, you changed my life in 10 minutes. And she said, look what I've got on my hand. I'm like, is that pen? She went, no, it's a tattoo. I've had it tattooed on my hand and it's changed my life. So... All the Vogue editors are taking a picture of this. And I said the same thing to them. Actually, there were some guys in the room. I wasn't expecting that. And I said, look, some of you probably are enough and you've got everything and you're at the top of your game and there's a CEO of Condé Nast. I said, but you know, you have the same thing. You have daughters, you have sons, you have family members, you have people that need this stuff. So even if you don't need it, do it for them. Anyway, when I finished, that was so awesome. They said, "Um, we're cancelling the whole day and we're taking you out to dinner. And they didn't even put on the next speaker, they did put him on the next day. And um, the head of Condé Nast said, you know what, I'm so glad you said that. He said, because I am okay. I've got everything. I'm happy with my two daughters. They come on shoots. They meet top models. He said, the eldest one is already beginning to show signs of anorexia. I am going home. I am so invested and I'm enough. So I'm going to put that on my, their walls. I'm going to have a piece of art commissioned. Of course, the head of Condé Nast would have a piece of art commissioned. And it's going to say, I'm enough. And I went to see one of my clients in Spain recently. And she knows she's enough. She's got everything. She's beautiful, lovely, spiritual. Got a great company. I've walked in her office and she has a bank of computers. And everyone is twinkling with this screensaver saying, I'm enough. And she said, you know what? I put that on there for my staff because they're all like young girls, young women. But actually what's happened is they're better employees. They're also content. They don't seem to have time off sick. So it's become a win-win. So how many of you can actually put your hand on your heart and go, yeah, maybe, maybe somewhere I don't feel enough? You see, we're all born knowing we're enough. When I used to take my little baby out in her pram, I'd go, oh, my God, your baby's so cute. And she didn't go, don't look at me, I'm having a bad hair day. I have these triple knees and um, i got a dirty nappy. She would kick her little legs and smile. Because when you're a kid, you know you're enough. You get a round of applause when you pee in the toilet. (laughs) You blow your nose, you go, my God, he can blow his own nose. You say the word cup, they go, he's a genius. He just said cup. And then you go to school. And, you know, my daughter's gone to this private school. She's come back. She said to me, "Mummy, what is a waste of space? I'm like, where did you hear that? She said, my teacher said, I'm a waste of space because I couldn't draw a circle. okay. A couple of weeks later, I'm taking her into school, and she said, Mummy, you see that little boy? He can write his name in a box. I can't do that. I'm like, baby, your name is Phaedra. The P goes down, the H goes up. It's a beautiful, unusual name. His name is Sam. In a year, (laughs) everyone can write their name in a box. Who You're a beautiful artist. You're clever. You're funny. Do not compare yourself to someone who can write their name in a box called Sam. But that's what schools do. And that's what you're up against. So how many of you here are willing to write that on your mirror? You see, this changed my plumber's son. Thank you. Let me see the hands again. How many of you are going to do that, not just for you, but for someone else? You know, you hear that saying... If you make a difference to one person, your life has meaning and purpose. And if you do that, you're going to make a difference to so many, many people.
1: Much thanks to Marissa Peer for stopping by and sharing some great stuff and just letting us know that we are enough. If you want to connect with Marissa, visit her website, marissapeer.com. That's spelled P-E-E-R. And check out her latest book titled, I Am Enough. Mark your mirror and change your life. You can also see her on Instagram at Marissa Peer Therapy. I have a link to everything that I just mentioned, along with the link to the entire talk in the show description. When you get a chance, please subscribe and follow the show on your favorite podcast player app or share this episode if you feel it can be helpful to someone. And um, that's a wrap. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you back here Monday where we have some more great talks lined up for you. So until then, stay strong. Later.